0: For his glory, but he can't effectively use us unless we're cleansed of sin, emptied of self, and filled with his spirit. Now, the trouble with me is this I don't think I can overcome my sin, and in and of myself, I cannot. But because I cannot, overcome my sin because I will not submit to the spirit that will enable me to do that God's reluctant to use me as he wants to for anything of eternal value now last week we began preparing preparing for the new year and that sermon was was entitled fresh starts new beginnings clean But today in John chapter 12, Jesus tells us how to do that. He tells us how we can live the Christian life with no excuses, absolutely no limits, and no regrets. If you would follow along with me in John chapter 12, beginning in verse 24. The Lord Jesus is speaking here. And he says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. If you will die to sin, as the Lord has instructed us, there will be no excuses for you to live a life of eternal value. Verse 25, he who loves his life will lose it, And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. In eternal life, there is no limits. Amen. And we can begin to live that way here. Verse 26. If anyone serves me, Jesus says, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. You see, when your father honors you, That means you have absolutely no regrets in life. So, in other words, I can't straddle the fence in 2021. I can't serve God and self at the same time. I can't serve God and sin at the same time. I can't try to serve the kingdom of heaven and this world at The same time I must choose. I gotta come to the place where I choose once and for all who am I gonna live for? Who am I gonna live for in this life that is so brief that the Bible calls it a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away? Now, I say that I choose God. I say that I'm going to choose Jesus and that I'm going to follow him. But what I need to know is, where do I begin this year in doing that? Where am I going to begin? How do I get started living a life that has eternal value? How do I begin 2021 in a way that pleases God? Well, I've discovered that I need to ask God to cleanse me. I need to ask God to cleanse me of sin. Friends, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have baggage. Amen? Did you know that some of us, our baggage has baggage? Amen? Uh, We all have this sin problem. We're all guilty of sin Before God But I'm so glad I'm so glad That God doesn't deal with us As our sins Deserve Here's what God promises the believer In Psalm 103 Listen to David The the king of Israel As he writes The Lord is merciful And gracious Slow to anger And abounding in mercy. God will not always strive with us. He'll not always accuse us. Nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Nor punished us according to our iniquities. As we know in the New Testament, God has dealt with us in our sins according to our faith and our belief in Jesus. Verse 11. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is God's mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, And he remembers that we are but dust. In verse 17 he continues to say that the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children to such who keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. So the Bible says that while God does not deal with me as a believer according to my sins, that does not change the fact that God will not use me if I'm living a sinful lifestyle. Amen? If I want to please God, if I want to be used by God, if I want to live a life that has eternal value, then that means... I need to be cleansed of sin. If I want to please God, if I want to be used by God because I love God, then I need to be cleansed from sin. But how many of you know that overcoming sin ain't easy? Bam. So I want to share with you quickly just a few points on how you and I can be cleansed from sin so that we can be effective in God's service and live a life that has eternal value. Number one, you and I need to know the person of cleansing. The person of cleansing. In Matthew chapter 8, Matthew writes that when Jesus had come down from a mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper, a diseased man with an awful virus, came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand without a mask, and he touched this man. And he said, I am willing to be cleansed. And immediately, that man's leprosy was cleansed. Did you know that every one of us are infected with an awful virus? That we all have a very contagious virus called sin And hopefully, all of us want to be cured completely from this virus. Well, if you do, one thing is very sure. God, Jesus, is willing and, of course, very able to make anybody clean. Now, you know, I would die for Janet in a heartbeat. I would die for my kids just like that. I'd die for many of you. You know if I said many of you, amen. I'd die for many of you just like that. But I don't think I'd die for Adolf Hitler. I don't think I'd die for Nancy Pelosi. Wait a minute, did I say that? (laughs) Got to slip that in every now and then. But listen up, y'all. Jesus did. Jesus did. And if Jesus died for them, that means that Jesus also died for every drunkard you ever knew. He died for every addict you've ever encountered, every liar, every thief, any of those with sins in their past. He even died for you. Jesus loves all people so much that he submitted to death on the cross so that we all could be forgiven and cleansed of our sin. Jesus is the person of cleansing. In fact, he's the only person who can cleanse us from our sin. Let me tell you something else. We must also understand the process of cleansing. Not just know the person, we have to understand the process of cleansing. How is this leprosy of sin removed from our lives? Well, it's not as easy as some people think, but it's not as hard as other people think. So how can we be cleansed from sin so that we can walk with the Lord Every day. Well, at first, you know and I know that to be cleansed from our sin, we must confess that Jesus is our Savior from sin, but also surrender to Him as Lord. Two different things there acknowledge Him as Savior and surrender to Him as Lord by faith and obedience. But Acts chapter 2, verse 38, says a little bit more about this process of cleansing. Acts 2.38 says, we must then repent of our sins. We must then turn to God and be baptized in the name of of Jesus Christ. Listen, to show. To show that we have received forgiveness of sins. That means we have to turn from sin Turn from selfishness, turn from our sin, turn from our rebellion and turn to Christ. That means depending upon him and him alone for forgiveness and for cleansing. And then after that, we identify with Christ and with other believers and you know what we start doing? We start living like forgiven believers. That's the process. But what happens after? What happens if I sin after I confess Christ? After I place my faith in him? After I've repented of my sins? What happens after I'm baptized and I sin? What do I do then? 1 John 1.9 tells us what then? 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, Jesus God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins just like he promised he would in Jesus Christ. But get this, he will also cleanse us, say cleanse us. He will also cleanse us from all unrighteousness, just in the confessing of our sin. Fortunately for us, when we receive the sting of conviction of our sins, we don't have to be baptized again and again and again and again. If that was the case, every Sunday would be nothing but a huge pool party, amen? Because we'd be all up in there getting baptized over and over and over again. But that's not the case. Yes, we live in sinful flesh. Yes, we live in a sinful world. And yes, we live among sinful people. But friend, God has made the process of cleansing really rather simple. We can bow our heads before the Lord wherever you might be. Wherever you might be, confess your sin and ask God to cleanse you from that sin. Isn't it amazing that anywhere you are, at any point in your day, you can pray and God will hear you and God will answer your request to be cleansed from sin. Friend, do you want to live 2021 with no excuses, no limits? And no regrets. Friend, begin by asking God to cleanse you of sin. Acknowledging the person of cleansing. And recognizing the process of cleansing. But there's more. There's more than I can do in order to live a life of eternal value. And that is, I need to ask God to fill me. How many of you know that all people are filled with something? Some people are just full of themselves. I don't know where y'all's mind was in the gutter, wasn't it? Amen. Some people are full of themselves. Some people are filled with lust. Some people are filled with an overwhelming desire to fish, hunt, and play. Some people are filled with knowledge. Some people are filled with a hunger for earthly riches. But in Romans chapter 1, the Bible tells us that there are many other things that people are filled with. Just listen to what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 28. He said, and even as they did not think to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over. To a debased mind, a reprobate mind to do the things which are not fitting. Being filled. Say being filled. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, just plain out greed, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil mindedness. They're whispering. Backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventor of evil things. They're disobedient to parents. Uh Uh-oh. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice those things... Are deserving of death, but not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. You see, friend, when people are not filled with God, they're going to be full of something else. And when they're not full of God, they're probably going to be full of evil. But when people respond by faith to the good news of Jesus Christ, when they turn from their sin, they turn to God and they identify with Christ. The Bible says that we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's in Acts 2.38. Look it up for yourself. But I want to tell you something. I'm not satisfied just receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm not satisfied just having the Holy Spirit in me. No, I want to do what the Bible says I should do, and that is I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.8 says, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I guess I need to know how, huh? I need to know how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's coming to Jesus by faith. But how can I know when I am? How can I know when I am filled with God's Spirit? Well, there's at least three ways I want to share with you. First, being filled with God's Spirit energizes our testimony. It energizes our testimony. Listen to this. In Acts 4.31, the Bible says that after the disciples had prayed, the place where they met was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And look what happened. They spoke the word of God boldly. Notice the sequence. They prayed. They were filled with God's spirit. And what happened? They spoke the word of God boldly. Friend, how quick are you to share the word of God in the public square? How quick are you to share God's word in your circle of friends? How quick are you to share the word of God in your workplace? How many of you are willing to take up the opportunity provided you to share your testimony to hundreds, no, not hundreds, thousands of people all over the world. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your testimony takes on energy. Do you boldly witness? Do you share your faith in Christ? Do you speak up for other people? Do you speak up for Jesus Christ? If you don't, why don't you? See, being filled with God's Spirit energizes us both to live and to speak out for Christ. But here's a second way to know that you're filled with the Spirit. Being filled with God's Spirit also produces joy. You know, we're often motivated to do things by watching other people. I mean, if it looks like what they're doing is fun, if it looks like what they're doing is interesting, I don't know, I might try it. So if somebody watched your behavior, if somebody watched your attitude, if someone listened to you, if someone observed your zest for life, would they be more or less inclined to hear more about becoming a Christian? I mean, if they saw you depressed, and worried and upset all the time, would they think, wow, I need to look into this Jesus thing. I need to look into a relationship with Jesus. That looks like the great life. Of course not. But on the other hand, if even in the midst of your trials, even when you're having a bad day, even when you're struggling, if people saw the joy of the Lord literally radiating from your life, Might they be interested in knowing how that's possible? Imitation is artificial. Imitation is all on the outside. It's fake. Imitation doesn't last. But listen, when the Holy Spirit produces joy in your life, it's real because it comes from within. It's nothing artificial. It's the joy of God. It's the real deal. Acts 13, 52, the Bible says that the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Filled with joy. I mean, who doesn't want that? Right? Who doesn't want to live a life filled with joy? I tell you, if you can just learn to surrender if you can just learn to obey God, his promise is that he will produce joy in your life. He will produce joy as you walk daily with him. So being filled with the spirit will energize your testimony. And being filled with, it will also be filling you with joy, producing joy when you're filled with the spirit. But being filled with God's spirit also, and perhaps most importantly, prompts us to worship him worship worship is adoration worship is reverence for somebody that deserves it the most amen worship and the lord alone deserves your worship he's the one that deserves your adoration and your praise he's the one who gives you life he's the one who's given you breath He's the one, friend, that provides you every good and perfect gift. He's the one that gives you daily provision, puts food on your table, puts a roof over your head, puts money in your bank account, gives you a car to drive. He's the one that gives you luxuries to enjoy. He's the one. And so what should we do? According to Psalm 95, the Bible says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture. We are the flock under his care. See, the more we're filled with the spirit, the more we're going to worship the Lord. Did you hear me, church? The more you're filled with God's spirit, the more you're going to worship the Lord. And your worship is not going to just start and stop here. Your worship won't start and stop at church. Your worship of the Lord will happen all the time. All throughout your day. Every chance you get, you'll be thanking him. You'll be praising him. Friend, that is worship. Do you want to live 2021 with no excuses, absolutely no limits, and no regrets? Ask God to cleanse you. Know the person of cleansing and understand the process of cleansing. And then, friend, once you're clean, ask God to fill you with his spirit so that you can boldly speak out for Christ, so that you can have joy in your life and worship God like he deserves. But finally, to live a life of eternal value, I gotta ask God to use me Am I useless or am I useful? In this world I live in, am I useless or useful? Am I making a difference in this world or am I really just fitting in? Friend, who are you serving? And as importantly, why are you serving? Obviously, as followers of Jesus Christ, he's the one we serve. But you know, we need to know why. We need to know why we serve Jesus. Why do we serve? We serve because Jesus served. Did you know that? We serve because Jesus served. Just listen to Matthew chapter 20 and verse 26. Jesus said, whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, he came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You know, no matter how good any human being is, and there are plenty of good ones out there. There are plenty of really good examples out there. The greatest of all examples is Jesus himself. You will never go wrong following the example of Jesus Christ. And it was because Jesus knew how to live better in this world than anybody else ever could. And he discovered and he knew that living life in this world, the best way to do it wasn't living a life of luxury. What did he say? He said, live the life of a servant. Serving others. So we serve because Jesus did, but we also serve because it demonstrates love. Love. Do you remember the two great commandments that Jesus gave? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love people. Now how are we supposed to love people? Especially people we don't even know. Especially people we don't even particularly care for. How do we love them? We love people by being a servant, by serving. I read where someone wrote, a lot of people serve like a wheelbarrow. They're no good unless they're pushed. Amen? Some people serve like a canoe. They only serve when they're paddled. Amen? Some people serve like a balloon. They're always full of hot air and ready to blow up. Some people serve like a trailer. They only work when they're pulled. But some people, some disciples serve like a good watch. Open faced, quietly busy. And full of good works. What type of person are you? What type of believer are you? Are you quick to work? Quick to serve? And quick to wait on others? Or do you need to be pushed? Do you need to be prodded? Or do you prefer that others wait on you? The Bible says that All Christians should serve one another in love. See, that's what love does. Love doesn't sit around waiting to be served. Love doesn't sit around waiting for other people to do the job. No, love serves others. And we serve because Jesus did. And we serve because it demonstrates love. Do you remember what Jesus said there in verse 26 of John 12? If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Friend, I want to live a life of no regrets. I want to be able to look upon my life when my last day of drawing breath is with no regrets. We serve because Jesus did and because it demonstrates love. But did you know that we also serve because it pleases God? We serve because it makes God happy. We serve because it puts a smile on God's face. Listen to what Paul wrote to the Romans. He said that the kingdom of God is not just eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God, is pleasing to God, and approved by men. So anybody that serves Christ and follows him in righteousness, peace, and also joy, Anybody who serves others is pleasing to God. Friend, if you don't have anything else you want to do in 2021, I pray you want to please God. 1 Peter 4.10 said this about believers. Each one should use whatever gift he's received to do what? Serve others. So whatever gift you've been given, friend, use it to serve others. Others and we're all gifted by God. Use it to serve others. We should use those gifts because that's what Jesus did. We should use those gifts because it demonstrates love. We should use those gifts, friend. Because guess what? It pleases God when you use what He's given you. So do you want to live a life? that has eternal value, a life that has value beyond this little vapor of an existence we have on earth? Do you want to live 2021 with no excuses, with the roof the sky being the limit? And when your last breath on earth comes about, being able to look back and say, I ain't got no regrets. Ask God in this prayer, Lord, will you cleanse me? Will you empty me of self? Will you fill me with your spirit? Lord God Almighty, will you use me? Despite my failures, despite my faults, God, will you use me? Let's pray. Father, your people...